You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, uh, this week, with all of the festivities, is hinting at us that we're getting out of the regular time of the church year and towards the festive time. After all, we had Reformation uh, on last Sunday and on October 31st, and then All Saints, November 1st. Uh, we had Halloween too, and these are all connected to one another. In fact, probably the center of all of this is All Saints Day, which from ancient times the church has celebrated on November 1st. The day to remember all those that have gone before us and have achieved the goal of life eternal. The beautiful vision of the face of God, like David says when he prays in the Psalms. One thing have I asked for, and this have I I sought, that I would gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and see His face in His temple. But in the early Middle Ages, there was a second festival that was added on to All Saints Day, and that was All Souls Day, November 2nd. Now, what's the difference between a saint and a soul? Here here it is in Catholic theology. Uh, And and this is the reason, by the way, that Reformation Day is October 31st. I'll I'll connect the dots in just a minute. But Catholic theology was like this. Each person, each individual, had a bank account of merit. And you started out uh, born in debt. You, You owed God something. And because of this, you were doomed to hell. But at baptism, the Lord forgives your debt and puts you at neutral, good works neutral, a blank slate. You don't owe anything, but neither do you have any merit to your name. It is then up to you, it is up to you to make deposits into that bank account so that you might fill it up and achieve a sort of righteousness. Now, you don't do this all on your own. It's by the help of the church, remember? I mean, this is what the uh, the sacraments were, were for. They were to give you power to infuse you with grace in order that you might do good works and that those good works would be considered meritorious. Now, now let's say you die. And you don't have a zero account, but neither is your bank account full. You're somewhere in the middle. What happens? You go to purgatory, where the balance, the thing that was remaining, is paid off. So if you die and your bank account is full, you are considered a saint and you go to heaven. But if you die and you have a little bit of balance, you know, a little bit of debt that you might owe so that your account will be full, you go to purgatory. So All Saints Day was for those who had achieved perfection and gone to heaven. All Souls Day was for the rest of you. (laughs) All right? For most people who died with some sort of balance some sort of debt in their account of good works and merit and had to spend time paying it off. Now, how do you do that? Well, you suffer in purgatory. You suffer for uh, for all of your sins. And there was not a particularly good exchange rate. <laughs> I mean, a couple of sins on earth or a couple of lack of good works would result in tens or maybe hundreds of years of suffering in purgatory. But the church, at least at the time of the Reformation, and really, I guess, still today, the Roman Catholic Church had a deal for you, and that was indulgences. So if you're in purgatory and you owed the Lord some good works, those good works, that merit, could be purchased or earned by a loved one here on earth. And in fact, at the time of Martin Luther, this was being greatly abused. I mean, it is an abuse to begin with. 
but it was being greatly abused, especially in uh, in Saxony, in northern Germany, where the indulgence sellers were selling plenary indulgences. This means that instead of instead of giving you a hundred years off purgatory or a thousand years off purgatory, whatever you owed, that would be uh, th- that debt would be deducted immediately. So John Tetzel went around selling indulgences. Remember with this phrase: "A coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs." And this is why Luther wrote his 95 theses against the practice of indulgences and posted it on the castle door on October 31st, the night before All Saints' Day, two days before All Souls, protesting this practice and this doctrine. Now, and this is probably an important point to remember, uh, Luther, when he wrote the 95 theses, wasn't Lutheran yet. In fact, he still believed in purgatory. And his the, the strongest argument in the 95 Theses is the Theses that goes like this. If the Pope can give out grace to get people out of purgatory, why doesn't he do it for free and give it away instead of charging for it? <laughs> you can imagine that that was not well received in Rome, right? But it was a while, it was a while before Luther would come to, a, to an understanding of what in fact was the real problem. It wasn't just that they were selling indulgences for too cheap, that they were making God's grace too easy. It wasn't just this idea that uh, that we were forgiven uh, uh, by baptism, but now had to add the works to it on top. It was, in fact, the entire idea of what does it mean to be acceptable before God. You see, I mean, who who in this whole system is considered a saint by the church? Not the baptized but those who have achieved some sort of perfection by their own works. To be a saint was achieved by our own doing, by our own thinking, by our own praying, by our own achieving, by our own merit. Do you see that? Now, look, here's a danger, great danger, because we say, well, we're Lutheran, Pastor, and so we don't sell indulgences. We're Lutheran, so we understand that it is by God's grace that we are saved through faith and not by works of our own. But look, every one of us, as one old Lutheran theologian said, every one of us is by nature a Roman Catholic. Or to say it another way, every one of us has a Pharisee that lives in our own conscience and in our own heart. Or to say it another way, we are bound up to the idea that we earn God's favor. If not by our doing, then we trust what? We trust in our believing. Or if we don't even have faith in our faith, we trust in what? That at least we didn't reject God's grace when it came to us. One way or another, we always find a way to take credit for our own salvation, to take credit for our own righteousness, to take credit even for God's work in us. It's, it's, it's part of our sinful nature. It's part of the doctrine of our flesh. We might think that we've escaped it, but we haven't. And you should know this, I should too, that our entire lives we're going to be fighting against this idea. The idea that we are saints because of what we do. To combat this idea, Jesus gives to John the vision that we heard read in Revelation chapter 7. A vision of heaven. A most beautiful, 
and wonderful vision that's been a comfort to the church ever since John saw it. And here's the picture. Imagine that you are born, but instead of being born naked, you're born with clothes on, a robe. And this robe is filthy. (laughs) It's tattered. It's stained. It's ugly. (laughs) This robe is your righteousness. (laughs) And not only are you born with it, but you wear it every single day of your life. And this robe has a fascinating quality to it. That is, it is not at all stain resistant, but it absorbs every single stain that you even come close to. One of the advantages of being a pastor is I get to wear black all the time and I go home and I'll take off my shirt and now my undershirt has all these coffee stains on it, you know, I never could see. This is how your robe is. It collects every single stain. Every sin that you commit, it's there. Every sin committed against you, it's there. Every sin that you endure in the world around you, it's there. And this robe, which started out ugly, is now absolutely horrendous. Absolutely filthy. It stinks. It's repulsive. And you go around with this robe on, and you are a bit embarrassed by it, and I'm a bit embarrassed for you, and for me too. And we find all of these people who have have come up with ways to clean these robes, some magic detergent that if we just would do this, then the stain would would start to come off. Or if we would just ask, uh, if, if we would just act this way, or pray this prayer, or receive this thing, one way or another, that we can clean off our own robe, that we can make it spotless. But look, even your whenever you go to try to clean it, it makes it worse. Instead of washing this away, it It brings out the putrid color of the thing. You got the picture? Now you show up to heaven with this robe on. And you expect what we should expect, what anyone in this situation would expect, is that whoever would be standing there at the gate of heaven would in fact turn you away. You don't meet the dress code. You are too disgusting for the presence of God. But instead, something wonderful happens. You're brought through the gate. And there standing there is an attendant uh, who, who asks for your robe. And you take it off and you hand it to them. And they take this robe and they dip this robe in a vat blood and they pull it out and it is wider than anything you've ever seen all of the tears are patched all of the stains are gone all of the filth is left behind And now this attendant comes to you and takes this robe and wraps it around you. And you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You are wrapped in His perfection. 
You are dressed appropriately for the feast that will never end. You are forgiven. After this, I looked in a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and from all tribes and peoples and languages before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their face before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be to our God forever and ever. And then one of the elders addressed me and says, Who are these clothed in white robes? From where have they come? And John says to him, Sir, you know. And so he says to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and He will guide them to springs of living water and will wipe away, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Who are these? These are the ones with robes made white in the blood of Jesus. Who are these? These are the ones who are baptized, who who have the name of Jesus, who know that their own righteousness will not be anything, but that the righteousness of Christ is everything. Who are these coming out of the great tribulation, clothed in white robes? These are those who trust not in their own merit, who look not to make God smile by their own efforts, but who trust in Christ and know that Christ and Him alone, His death and resurrection is our only hope and the promise to which we cling. Who are these? These dressed in right robes. These are you. These are you who trust not in yourself, but in Jesus. And you have this promise that the one who died and rose is the one who makes you holy. The one who ascended to the right hand of the Father is the one who forgives your sins. The one who intercedes for you now is the one who calls you righteous and holy. And he is the one who even now is preparing a place for you. So we are saints. We're saints not because we filled up our bank account with our own works, but because Jesus has so given us His gifts and His righteousness that this account is overflowing (laughs) and abounding 
by His mercy and His kindness. So, dear saints, this day is your day because Jesus is your Savior. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.